When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome back to the big Wednesday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. It's Doug Maurice. It's Nathan Baird. It's Stephen Means. And we are a drafting. We are drafting 16 team college football athletic conferences from the power five. We are looking at the 65 power conference teams and we are making our own conferences. We attempted to get a fourth person on the podcast, but, but we don't have any friends. At least I don't. And we just kind of jammed it. We, my schedule this week is forcing us to record a little bit early, so we didn't have time to invite a texter. We'll get texters on again. What we're going to do is we're going to draft our three conferences, 16 teams each, and then we'll have that leftover conference of 17 teams. The goal here is to think about where Big Ten teams fit in the hierarchy of the most attractive teams, football teams slash athletic departments in college football. We're not really necessarily going to like have a big competition at the end of who got the better conference because, you know, it's kind of jacked up. But we want to feel like, okay, now it's someone's got to pick between like, where does Indiana fit? Where does Penn State fit? Where does Michigan fit? Where does Ohio State fit? It's more more about where those Big Ten teams fit. And Nathan, we were just discussing this ahead of time. This is primarily football driven. We are we didn't do a ton of research on money, on alumni base. We're not worried about academics at all. But how, how, what are our basic guidelines for how we are considering the importance of things as we draft these programs? I guess the best way to describe this was I went back to the list that I put together last year when we did the tiers of college football, and which was also based just around the, the Power Five programs. And I adjusted off of that based off of maybe looking a little bit farther back into their full football history, but then also taking into account things like is it a state school with the name of the state as opposed to uh, a, a, a state school that doesn't have the name of the state and things like that, like branding and, and things like TV contracts, but then also in, in some ways, greater athletic department success or greater athletic department offerings. So I used, used, think of it as like football is the tier of this. Like, you know, it's, it's the, what we said, 75, 80% of this is based on football. And then you make adjustments off of that. So TV ratings, size, public versus private, geography, geography, basketball, other sports, maybe academics, like in some slight way, like only as it burnishes the reputation of the athletic department. Right. Like just like just I think like the kind of thing. And it's one of those things, Stephen, that it's like we're really doing it at a surface level. But frankly, like I think a lot. I mean, it's not like the decisions that have been made in realignment in college football has been done on a whole lot deeper level than surface level. Right. I mean, like, you know, so 
the fact that the Big Ten added Rutgers, even though Rutgers stinks at sports and they clearly was in a New York City money grab, that kind of thing. We'll factor that kind of stuff in here. But nobody's interested in whether you're in this some certain academic consortium. But that's all crap anyway. So, like, I do think this is a decent facsimile of how this might actually work if we were starting over and making conferences. It's value. Whether that value is you win football games and win championships and bring eye or and bring eyes that way, or it's because you're in a part of the world where people watch anyway, and so there's a new market you can tap into. You know, with all due respect to what academics are, that's not what we're thinking about as an athletic program. You're thinking about okay, how can we make money? And we either do that because we're winning and so people are interested, or we live in New York and people are just interested. Yeah, no, I think value is a very good word to throw in there. So I think that's smart. And listen, in the real world, USC and Penn State wouldn't be in the same conference. They might be in this exercise. That's not really what it's about either. But also, West Virginia is in a conference with school like four Texas schools. So like it's already jacked up. And Boston College is in the same conference as Miami. So again, we're not getting that far off of reality here. We are going to make this a snake draft. So that means the people on the end will draft two in a row constantly. Nathan has the first pick. Steven has the last pick. I'm picking in the middle. Let's go with our college football realignment. Oh, by the way, the name of my conference I have decided is the Big Doug. So good luck to the 16 teams trying to become part of the Big Doug. Uh, I'll make T-shirts and we'll roll from there. But Nathan, you have the first pick. I didn't know we had to name our conferences. I might have to think about that a little bit. I named, Maybe I named come, mine. Come to me. Oh, okay. Well, what's yours? Um, well, it might have to change depending on how these first two picks go, but my conference is called the Big NIL. The Big Name Image and Likeness. Oh, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So That's you good. guys can now see where I'm going with some of my picks. So hopefully it doesn't get messed up in pick one. I'm going to call mine the Great Nate. I feel like it's <laughs> it's it, it it implies that there should be like eight teams in which is fitting because the number of teams never matches the n- number that's associated with the conference. Fair. I like that's that. very true. You can have like the eight um, from the original conference when it was originally built, like built into the name, like the Big Ten used to have the 11 built into the name before they changed it to that big. I hate that. These first eight. Actually, here this will be my draft strategy. I'm going to draft teams so that the first letter of their names can then be rearranged into the name of the conference. I like it. Wow. Nebraska's Nebraska's hopes just skyrocketed (laughs) with that end, baby. Uh, Uh, Again, again, we are not including teams that are not currently in the non-power five, even though I think if we were, it's just not the exercise that we're doing, but Cincinnati, Houston, Central Florida, you know, BYU, whatever, schools like that very well. If we were just starting over from any, you know, we're drafting what's 16 times three, drafting 48 teams. They might be one of our 48. They're just not going to be part of this. I assume there is one exception to that. Notre Dame is, is available. Yes. Correct. Okay. So we're, so there's 65 teams in the pool. So the 65, cause there's 65 power teams and there's going to be 17 teams that don't get picked. And then we'll make up a name for them at the end. All right, Nathan, we will <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fire away. Uh, I'm taking Alabama number one. I think there's a lot of teams that you could consider number one, or at least a small handful that I would consider for number one. But if it's leaning so heavily into football, I'm going to lean to the school, the program that I think elevates 
currently elevates its conference probably beyond what the esteem of that conference should be. I think that's a good place to lay the foundation for the new football conference that you're creating that this, and, and while I think there are some schools, some programs that are in places that are more geographically beneficial um, the fact that you are putting yourself down as sort of the football capital of the South is a good place to start from a recruiting standpoint and the national presence that this program has supersedes things like uh, the population base and and things like that that other schools have as an advantage so i'm taking alabama number one steven would you have taken alabama number one yeah it's bama i mean you get you that's like the perfect number one pick for something like this they're winning everybody recognizes the brand the coach is pretty famous i mean if you've ever seen any of his press conferences he has sponsorships up on his podium from i think i think it's coke i think he's got coca-cola sponsors so he has to have those cokes up there the players are pretty famous as well so yeah that's a perfect number one pick okay we'll move to the second pick because <laughs> i would not have taken Alabama number one. And I have the second pick and I am going to take the school that I would have taken number one. And we will have a discussion about this because I'm taking Ohio state. And I think Ohio state, I think Ohio state is the number one pick in this situation because I think if you go beyond current football success, where Alabama clearly has the edge, Alabama has the edge on everybody. Ohio state is, third in current football success as we've talked about a million times. And I think arguably Ohio state is a better pick than Alabama in in a situation like this in every other way. It is a much larger student base. It's like 61,000 to 38,000. While obviously there is a great advantage to being in the South and being in, um, you know, the, where the, the, the demographics of the country are going. There are a lot of schools in the South that are good at football. Nobody's as good as Alabama, but Ohio State in a lot of ways stands alone in this part of the country. Ohio State's in a bigger city. Ohio State dominates its state. Alabama doesn't. Alabama splits its state to some degree with Auburn. Alabama is just a less, I think, no offense, like important state sort of in general. And I, I would maybe argue, Nathan, I would maybe argue, and this is where I do want to have a little bit of an Alabama discussion here, and then we can have a, maybe I'm, if you guys think I'm overrating Ohio State. Ohio State is a pretty good partner, which, is, which matters. And I'm not saying Alabama is not a good partner. I've become curious about this, and I want to have somebody from the SEC that's not an Alabama person, because I think like in the history of Buckeye Talk, I'm not sure that we've ever talked to like, an SEC writer that isn't a Bama writer because we conflate Bama is the SEC. I think to a lot of people outside the SEC, I am not sure if that's all good for the other 13 schools in that conference. And as much as Ohio state also dominates the big 10, I guess Ohio state from a conference standpoint dominates its conference as much as Alabama does, but It doesn't suck up as much national air. I almost wonder, is it possible that Alabama is too good at football on some level when you're talking about overall health of all the other teams and programs and institutions in your conference? 
But I just think a lot of other things. Bama was bad recently. Ohio State wasn't as bad as Bama was as recently as Alabama was, right? That we've talked about Ohio State's indestructibility. I'm not saying that Bama's success in football is all tied to Saban. I think we have more proof from Ohio State that it is not as tied to a single coach. I wonder. I mean, if Dabo succeeds Saban, then they're good to go. And Saban's not going anywhere for a while. But I just think from a population standpoint, from the situation in the state, from the size of the school, I think you can make a very compelling case for Ohio State to be the most important school in this situation. And that if you said to a conference, I, I'm, where you start a conference, who do you want? Man, because you can find other Southwest schools. You can find other Texas schools. You can find other Southern schools. Who is your foothold like north of the Mason Dixon line if it's not Ohio State all right it's Notre Dame maybe but Notre Dame's a bunch of jackholes when it comes to conference affiliation I, I just think Ohio State is unique here Nathan and I'm not saying that picking Alabama was wrong I think Ohio State makes a compelling case for number one what do you think they were my n- number two team so that was if I hadn't been picking number one overall, that's who I would have taken two or I may not have ended up with them at all, probably if I was picking third. And I, I think the one difference, that, well, the way that I look at it, I think is because a little bit of that perception, like I was saying before, I think when we look back, when we took the new playoff proposal and retrofitted it to the first seven years, I thought that that gave some additional insight into how the rest of the SEC is not as great as maybe its national reputation is. And I think that reputation is almost fully based on how great Alabama is. And Alabama sort of pulls the rest of its conference up in a way that I don't think Ohio State does. Which is why when you say Alabama is almost too good at football, I think that does benefit the SEC in a way that, you know, Ohio State's really good at football too, but there aren't people who think, Oh, because Ohio State's this good, you know, Iowa has to be this good as well. You know, the SEC gets a lot of benefit of the doubt, while other conferences don't really get that because Alabama exists. And some of this is perception and and fair or not. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. in a given year, I feel like if a mid-tier SEC team beats Alabama at home, that's seen as enhancing the strength of the SEC. And if a mid-tier Big Ten team beats Ohio State at home, it's seen as what's wrong with Ohio State. Yeah. No, I agree with that, but but in enhancing the reputation of that SEC school, like what does that SEC school really in the end get out of it, right? Like LSU won the national title because they went undefeated. But also Alabama hasn't been loose. I mean, they lost to uh, Hugh Freeze and Old Miss when Old Miss was doing hinky stuff for a couple of those years, right? Johnny Manziel beat him, and Johnny Manziel won the Heisman because Texas A&M beat Alabama. I wonder sometimes, I do think, so the idea that like, hey, maybe the SEC isn't quite as good and Alabama's pulling them up, and the playoff might show that. I think that's possible. It, Nathan, is it also possible that the SEC is maybe better than we think, and that like if Georgia didn't have to go through Alabama every year, Georgia would like play for the national championship every season, but they just have not. Like when we get to the twelve team playoff, is Georgia going to be rolling people now that they are sort of out of the shadow of Alabama, and that for the most part they've been blocked out of the playoff by Alabama, and like the year that they got in they should have won the national championship 
maybe. And isn't that further reason why you might take Alabama number one overall, because they're just that good that they're keeping teams of that caliber at arm's length. But is that good for Georgia? Does that make Georgia right? If I'm thinking about the health of the rest of the teams in my conference, if you're Georgia, right? If you're Georgia right now, are you hoping to wind up in Alabama's new conference? Or are you hoping not to be in Alabama's new conference in this draft? Because it's like, dear God, could we please just be with Clemson or Ohio State so we don't have to be with the monster? We're not saying Clemson and Ohio State and every Oklahoma aren't good, but we're tired of having them in our closet. The monster's in our closet, and we just want to sleep in another room. Like, I, like, right, Nathan, is Georgia right now? Do they want to be with Bama or not? Are you? Would Georgia rather be Clemson? Is what you're asking? Yes, maybe. Yes, yes maybe. But what? How do people look at the ACC as a whole? That's what we're trying to put together here is not put together an ACC is my impression where you just have one great team at the top and then a bunch of fizzle underneath it. We're trying to we're, we're drafting what we think will be a great conference top to bottom. And I don't think you do that by 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 leaving out other great teams. But I, do I don't think that's a reflection. I don't think I understand what your argument is. I just don't think that's a reflection on Alabama. I just think that's just the circumstance that Georgia is in because Georgia, what other conference has a Georgia for all sense and purposes, another team who you think on a yearly basis should be competing for national titles. Cause even with Penn state and Michigan, you think they're playoff caliber, but I, no one has ever come into a season going, they should be winning a national title this year. So that that's part of the problem. If, if Georgia was just in the PAC 12, that would solve their issues. It's like, but no other team, no other conference has that problem of having two teams on a yearly basis, it's national championship or bust. That's the problem more than it doesn't be about Alabama. So the one thing is like nobody in the ACC is actually good. Like that's like nobody in the ACC is as good as Georgia, right? Other than Clemson. So Clemson and Bama is as good as Georgia or I could three or four other teams, probably Florida. Yes. You're making my point, which is don't Georgia, Alabama, LSU and Texas A&M want to be in a conference without Alabama. Okay, well, I'm very curious who you're going to end up picking with, like, your second and third picks so that you don't stack too many good teams together. No, but I, but I, my argument would be Alabama is so dominant in football right now and honestly is better than everybody, right? That, again, is they're even, like, sort of a tier ahead of Clemson that you just don't want them. <laughs> they're the – like, they, they are so good – they might hold down slightly the rest of your conference in a way that Ohio State, which gets huge TV revenue, which is a in a big population base for the Midwest and for, um, you know, for college football cities. Ohio State gives you a lot of other advantages without smothering your other football programs in your conference the way that I think George Alabama might be smothering the other football teams in the SEC because they are better because they have all the players. More players are in the South and they go to more of those schools. If Alabama went independent like Notre Dame, if if Alabama was Notre Dame, right? So Alabama was out doing its own thing and they were the independent school that was always taking a playoff spot. Then the SEC would also be getting a playoff spot because Georgia and Florida and Texas A&M and LSU would be fighting for a playoff spot. Right now, they don't get a playoff spot. They are smothered by Alabama. So I think they are they they want to get away from them in this thing and they can now come to bit and be in the big dug 
with Ohio State, Ohio State's awesome. But I think George is like, I'd rather take my chances against Ohio State than I would with Alabama. I want to be in the big Doug, not the great Nate. Which, which again, to me is health of the overall conference. I'm taking a slight step back in football acumen right now at the top to enhance the football health of the conference as a whole, but I'm also getting a whole lot of other stuff from Ohio State while they are slightly not as good at Bama as Bama at football. So that that's my argument. You in the end, you guys both would still take Alabama number one. You sort of, I, I mean, like I'm, I'm arguing for like, don't take the best team. And you're like, what are you talking about? Take the best team, you jackhole. And I will say, like, if I were picking third, if I were in Steven's situation, I would have been, I would have gone in knowing that I have a lot of options at number three, but the only options for number one, I think would both have been off the board. I wasn't going to be getting number one value with the third pick. I think you may have gotten number one value with the second pick because I think Ohio state and Alabama were the clear of one and two here for all of the reasons that we've laid out. So I do think, and I do think in the end, like geographically again, like I'm going to get a good Southern team in, in my conference, it's going to be harder to find other good Midwest teams that are as good as Ohio state. Oh, you know, I mean, Notre Dame and Penn state, Michigan and Wisconsin are going to go high too. Okay. I will be curious. I mean, it's not a Homer pick. If I were covering Penn state, if I, this is a big 10 perspective, it's not an Ohio state perspective on the world. I bet people that cover Iowa or Wisconsin or Penn state or Michigan could look at it the same way and, and kind of get maybe what I'm saying. If I, if I covered Oregon or Auburn, I might not be arguing this because of the prism I would view it through. But it is not a it is not an Ohio State only thing. It is a I think a Big Ten view on things. So I just think Ohio State's that rare, and I'll get a good Southern school in the second round. All right, Stephen, good luck. Who are you picking? Hey, it's Nathan with a word of thanks and a quick request. We appreciate all of you who have helped make Buckeye Talk such a great success over these years. If you have a moment, please go to Cleveland.com slash Buckeye Talk Survey. That's all one word. We have some questions about how you listen to us, when you listen to us, and why you keep listening to us. Again, that's cleveland.com slash Buckeye Talk Survey. Now, back to the show. I'm frustrated because you took the face of my conference. I mean, I'm but, take, I mean, but the, I knew it was going to happen. I knew Nathan, it was going to happen, but you know. Nathan... We gave Nathan the first choice and he chose to pick first. And then yeah. we said, you get to pick and you chose to pick third. I and I mean, there's nobody if there, if most people would take Alabama number one, yes, Clemson's been better at football than Ohio state. I just not, don't yeah. think nobody would take anybody, but Ohio state number two, right? Nathan. I mean, like, that's what you kind of said. Alabama and Ohio state are clearly the top two picks here. I, w- I would have been surprised for someone to take someone other than Ohio state and Alabama one, two. All right. Yeah, so no, I- I understood. Well, when I did that, I knew I was giving up the face of what, you know, the big NIL is supposed to be all about. And I just yeah. had to respect that and, you know, offset it with some other places. But yeah, I'm just going to take Clemson here with my third pick, and that's just going to be what it is. But that's not the, where I want to have the conversation that we can start a conversation with my fourth pick um, once we get into that round. But I'm taking Clemson. Dabo is, has built up clearly what Clemson is, what it is today. Uh, from an NIL uh, standpoint, they're going to be able to take advantage of it, not to the level that Ohio State can, because Ohio State's in Columbus, which is a major city at this point. Clemson is not quite that, but it is a bigger city than what Tuscaloosa is. And if you look at a lot of their social media numbers, they're usually in the top five right there with Ohio State. Uh, so it's 
kind of in the same ballpark, obviously, and we're also winning football games. And it's not running into a situation where, like what you're talking about with Alabama, Doug, where they just might be too good for the rest of the conference. They're really good right now. But I think if they had a challenger more often, they might not be as really good as people think they are. And because this is the big NIL, not the ACC, there will be challengers for Davos Weedy. Okay. I think we all figured you'd take Clemson three. So who are you taking four? This is where I'm going to go off a little bit more about potential than it is about, you know, how good they are right now. Um, and I'm going to take Texas. I'm going to take, I'm, I'm living in a world where if everybody is healthy, who do we take when we're doing stuff? Cause we're creating a conference. If, te- if Texas is healthy, they're, killing it and recruiting in their backyard. They're on, it's, it's the 40 acres. It's the Longhorns. It's, it's the burnt orange and white. They're the best team in the big 12. It's, I mean, they, the players will be able to take advantage of NIL, even if it isn't Austin and not Dallas or Houston, but they're not that far. And it's just, it's Texas. It is te- like that. That is a brand among itself. That's probably only right. Probably only outdone by Ohio state. When we're talking about national brands. So that's, I think, who I would have taken next also. I think there's a lot at play here. Texas doesn't play well with others. So they've proven that. They blew up. They almost blew up the Big 12 the first time around. Um, I was very kind of eager to pair Texas with Ohio State because I think Ohio State could help, like, keep Texas at bay. Uh, I'm a little worried that Texas is going to run roughshod over Clemson uh, in that conference and act like Texas runs the show in the big NIL. So that concerns me slightly. I think Bama and Ohio State would be good governors on Texas because Texas is all potential, not a lot of results in football right now but they still kind of act like it. And like we see with the, with the firing of Tom Herman and like all the stuff with the boosters and stuff down there and with their, um, their, you know, the fight song that's problematic and like how they just are difficult, but there's a lot of good there too. So like, I'm not surprised by this pick. I, I will be curious how the rest of your conference shakes out, Stephen, because I do think it matters sort of who they're with will affect how they behave, right? Um, so what, what do you think of that wraparound, Nathan? Clemson, Texas there for Steven. I had Texas ranked ahead of Clemson. I would have taken other teams ahead of Clemson as well, um, just because as good as they've been here in recent years, you, you can, I know what you are saying before, Doug, about how, how Alabama had had a dip recently, but before Nick Saban got here, Alabama was already like a historic name in college football history. And he just kind of took it to another level. And I feel like the Texas is kind of in its lull right now, but everyone expects that that's going to end at some point, whether it's Steve Sarkeesian, somebody else is going to come in there and have a period of tremendous success. I understand what you're saying also about, you know, playing well with others. Uh, There's only so much of that that you can really take into account in a alternate reality kind of draft, I suppose. And I think Texas is an incredible anchor for any conference just being able to kind of you you're it's the capital of southwest football in a lot of ways and and it's and it's and and on top of that i mean it's it i think it is perceived as that and also perceived as a sleeping giant so then what happens when somebody hits it 
big time there again. When somebody when when the next Mac Brown comes in and then they really extend, you know, do it for a decade, not do it for half a decade, whatever. Yeah, I think the one thing sleeping giant is a good way to to describe it. I think you're going to see a lot of that within the big at IO, but also sometimes difficulty in it's there's always interest, right? It's it's my my conference is almost going to be a bunch of David Ruffins. And, you know, if this was the temptations, everybody, everybody wants to be the star of the show, which even when you're not good, people are interested, which is where the TV ratings comes in. Tech, all that was played out publicly. It can't play out in private because it's Texas. Clemson to a lesser extent because Dabo has become the personality as he is. Everything he does now plays out publicly. And you see the uh, oh, state's not in my conference, neither is Alabama. Alabama is a little bit more quietly with the way they handle a lot of things. While with Ohio State, everything plays out publicly, which whether it's it's almost like the idea of there's no such thing as bad press because people are interested in your school, whether it's a good or bad thing they're reading about. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. All right. It frees me up to free somebody up. I'm taking Georgia. I'm taking Georgia, 70 miles from Atlanta, talking about like the, the capital of an area of football. Atlanta is the capital of, of Southern football. I think in a lot of ways it's where the SEC championship game is played. I think Georgia freed from Alabama is another, is a different kind of program. I think they've got everything going for them. And let me ask you this. If I said, in 20 years, Georgia will be clearly the best college football team in the SEC, not Alabama. Is that reasonable? Maybe even 10 years. Say 10 years. Is that possible? Sure. I, like, think, it, I think that's possible that you could be talking about two or three other teams too. If I said two or three other teams is the best team in the sec. That's not Alabama. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it, that, that, that wouldn't be an unreasonable thing to assert. Yes. If I said there's going to be a different team in the big 10 in 10 or 20 years, that's better than the Ohio state. Does that sound reasonable? No. Less far less likely. Yeah. So I like, so the idea that I, I agree with you, Nathan, it's not just Georgia, but I do think where Georgia is situated I think they have maybe never been as good as they could be. Like Vince Dooley was good, but like they won what? Like one national title in the Vince Dooley era. Like they had their, you know, then Mark Rick was good, was never top tier. I think the best for Georgia may be yet to come. And in the modern, I think the playoff, I think it's possible when we talk about the playoff, maybe Georgia will be helped. I think we've made arguments. Oh, like Penn state or other teams in the big 10 will be as helped will be helped as much as anybody. I think Georgia actually may be the team helped most by playoff expansion because they're going to make it every year. They're going to be in the top 12 every year. And then they're going to get in there with like, whatever, a great defense, some good skill guys and take their shot. And nobody's going to want to play them. And they're going to win some, they're going to win national titles as like the three seed and the six seed. And the, like, they're just going to be great. And maybe they lost to Alabama during the regular season, but they're going to get a chance to either, you know, get another shot at Alabama or maybe Ohio State or Clemson beats Alabama and Georgia doesn't have to play Alabama again to win the national title. So anyway, I just I just like Georgia there. I think Georgia probably would have been my fourth team. I would have if I if if Stephen had taken if Stephen had gone Clemson and somebody else and I was left with a pick between Georgia and Texas, it would have been very, very difficult for me. I think I probably would have taken Texas, but I'm very happy to get Georgia here at pick five. Um, Nathan, you're up with pick six, unless anybody wants to talk about Georgia more. 
you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy, actually, with how this is turning out. Um, I had Alabama 1 and Ohio State 2. And then the next two teams on my list, and I get to take them here as the wraparound picks, were USC and Notre Dame. And I feel like we are in this, again, alternate reality. We're drafting a national conference. Um, we want to spread things around geographically, obviously. But I'm trying to, instead of trying to take a team farther down and convince myself as to why they could have a national presence, I would like to take as many national presences already and let them kind of lead what this conference is going to be. And obviously, USC is uh, not at its heights right now <laughs> by any stretch. But we've seen what USC can be when you hit it right. It's kind of like with Texas. USC becomes the capital of West Coast football. I feel like even when it's down, it has a great influence on West Coast football because you're everyone's just wondering what's wrong with USC. And if you can if you can hit that, and now you've got the LA market, and you can really kind of dominate what half the country, uh, the, the, just the consciousness of half the country when USC gets it right. And then Notre Dame is is Notre Dame. And that becomes, you know, it's it's the consolation prize for not getting Ohio State. Notre Dame becomes the football program that lets you anchor the Midwest. I would argue that that's really the only other program right now in the Midwest when you're talking about a national presence that really is even kind of on the radar. Everybody else you're taking is is definitely another tier of separation below that. Back-to-back private schools for Nathan Baird, USC and Notre Dame. Yeah, that, that was the – that was – what stood out to me as well, Stephen, that that uh, that is interesting. But to your point, Nathan, they are clearly national brands more than George is a national brand, more than Clemson's a national brand. Right. I mean, they are no doubt about it. We know what it looks like when they're awesome. There's no reason they can't be awesome now. Right. I mean, USC will get it right. You're getting you're getting value on the dollar. USC is in a discount bin. A little bit right now. I mean, yeah. if we're talking about like Pete Carroll, USC, they're probably a first round pick, right? You're getting them here to start the third round. So I, I, I do get that. And then it's just what you think of Notre Dame, right? I mean, it's, it's Notre Dame's clearly a top 10 pick, but they are the, you know, they would maybe argue they're the only truly national brand because they're obviously not an Indiana school and they have established themselves as this and they're going to have to play nice. Are they going to play nice in the grade eight in the great Nate? <laughs> Are you going to get them to play nice? Are you going to have to feed them? Are you going to have to give? Now, listen, USC is one of their traditional rivals. So that's that's a nice little bone to throw right. them with this package here, Nathan. But what is the great Nate going to do to get Notre Dame to get along with everybody? It was my main hesitation. Again, we're throwing some of these the reality out the window here. But my, one of my hesitations was, are you going to draft a team for your conference that is adamant that it doesn't want to be in a conference <laughs> in, in reality? Like, it's not showing up. I, so, but you have to like suspend this belief a little bit and feel like this is going to be so uh, financially beneficial. I mean, to be in a conference now as we're presenting it with Alabama and USC and what that can mean for a football package every Saturday um, from one of these networks, maybe probably multiple networks. I don't know. I think you could probably uh, convince I'm doing the the finger, the the money fingers thing here for people who can't see on the podcast. You can convince Notre Dame to come along. I'm just imagining, you know, the first conference meeting and Notre Dame's looking around and they're going, so we don't want to be in a conference. And the first time we get into a conference, you want us to be with Alabama and USC who might be getting it together. No, no, no. I don't strike. 
but I don't strike. We're going outside. But I don't think the reason Notre Dame isn't in a conference is because they don't want good teams. I think the Notre, the reason Notre Dame is in a conference is because they think nobody is good enough to be in a conference with Fair. them. That's true. I think they'd look around and say, "Well, you know, we don't want to be in a conference, but you know, USC, uh, they're pretty good. Bama, uh, they're pretty good. I guess we're okay to be associated with these type of people." I think it's more that like they don't want to join the country club because they don't think any country club is worthy of them. But Bama and USC is persuasive. Do you think this is a quick aside? We shouldn't talk about this very long, but it's just a thought to pop in my head. If there were more condensation, is that the right word? Contraction of conferences. And we went from, went from power five to power four, let's say, and another conference, one of the conferences got split up into the other four, something like that. Would that increase the chances that Notre Dame would remain independent or would it force Notre Dame to have to pick a side? I think it would almost increase the chances of them being independent because they, they get to stand alone even more. The fact that they have accepted the, the new playoff format where they never are going to be a top four seed and they're always going to have to play that extra game because that extra game is sort of like their conference championship right. game. Except the thing is, when you play a conference championship game in the 12-team playoff, you can lose it and still get in the yeah. playoff. And Notre Dame is now going to be like, well, we have to win our version of a conference championship game because now we're in, you lose and you're out. The fact that they accepted that leads me to your conclusion, Nathan, because otherwise I would think, no, like in a four-team playoff world where it's like, well, now it's just going to be the four conference champs. So the four, that's how we're doing the playoff. You've got to be in, right? You're putting so much at risk, but like they're, we're we're consolidating the play or like the, the playoff is making things like the structure fit a little bit more and they still want to be on the outside of that structure and they are accepting like a penalty for being on the outside of the conference structure and they're okay with that which i think if that would they would continue to accept whatever penalty there would be nathan because they still want to be the one of one yeah i agree jack holes good luck great nate no, I don't. I don't mean like it's not. It's not Jack Holtz. It's just. I mean, every we have talked about it a million times. I think most people who aren't, you know, Notre Dame alums and donors and fans agree. It's like just get in a conference. But anyway, we'll take a quick break. We're seven picks in to a to a forty eight team draft, so we'll pick it up a little bit. Again, we're not going to spend a lot of time on whether Wake Forest or Washington State should be the pick in the sixteenth round. We'll be back on Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. We're drafting our own college football conferences. Three different conferences, 16 teams each. First seven picks, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Texas, Georgia, USC, Notre Dame. And now I think there's a pretty obvious pick for me here, the way things stand. Um, so I'm taking Oklahoma. National power in its you know great tradition. Currently very good. Big state school. It's from a part of the country where I don't have a team yet. So now I have Ohio State in the Midwest, Georgia in the South. Now I have Oklahoma in the Southwest. It fits me. I think it's the next natural team. I'm not, you know, I mean, I guess I could have taken another Big Ten team or started dipping more into the SEC, but I just thought Oklahoma stood out for me there. So I don't have a lot to add there. You guys want to say anything about Oklahoma? Sort of hoping that against hope that it would somehow – get back to me on the come around next time, just because it would give me a really good Southwest team, but I, I don't fault you for taking it. Certainly. You thought that Oklahoma was going to make it through four picks basically. Well, I mean, it, and everybody has different uh, needs you've already gotten a Southwest team. I didn't know how highly Fair. Doug would, would 
but but it would also have made sense for you to pair Oklahoma and Texas. That's yeah, true. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking about. And that would like cross off my rivalry within the conference that is historical. It, it, the, the, it will be curious how much we end up leading into the South, right? Into the SEC slash like Southern ACC schools or how much we don't. Cause I think from a protection table, I was like, Oh, there's going to be all the SEC teams are going to be off the board, but yet, you know, the best of the best in other conferences are very interesting for a lot of different ways. So like, for instance, only one of the last five picks, no, one of the last seven picks has been an SEC team, right? I mean, like that's since we started with Bama. So, all right, we're on the wraparound um, for Steven. Go ahead with picks nine and 10. I'm taking LSU because it's literally 60 minutes away from New Orleans and LSU has pretty much just locked down the state of Louisiana from a recruiting standpoint. So they're always pretty decent. You, they're typically always a quarterback away from being a national title contender, as we just saw with Joe Burrow, with the amount of talent they got here. Um, fertile recruiting ground, a solid program where I think the same concept that we have with Georgia might apply here when things are all, all healthy, where if LSU didn't have to deal with Alabama, you know, they compete on a national stage a little bit more often. And then also it's just an environment that they can, you can take advantage of from an NIL perspective. So I'll take them first. And then they get into my second wraparound pick. I'm going to go with the second, you know, the third Northern team. That's Michigan. Oh, oh, that's a shot to the heart. Oh yeah. my gosh. I'm a little surprised you went there. I'm in trouble. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't, I can't let the, first of all, I can't let Doug's conference just have the greatest rivalry in sports, but then also Michigan has a lot to offer. Michigan has to deal with Ohio state all the time, but it also gets in its own way sometimes from a football perspective, but from a large, I know this is, we're supposed to be talking 80% football, but also they do bring a quality basketball program to the table. So there can, they can, you know, lead that side of, of things while in football, there may be third or fourth most important program that, that I have in my conference right now, but then also Michigan is a brand and Jim Harbaugh did try to tap into that brand a little bit when he was first hired with obviously they went to the Jordan brand and he had a bunch of rappers around. They just weren't winning on the field. So all that went away. So the first requirement will be that Jim Harbaugh cannot be your head coach, but bringing Michigan into the fold adds into the, a, another quality program and another brand in the, in the, you know, in the big NIL. We're all it, about brands here. As the conference commissioner, you are firing <laughs> yes. Jim Harbaugh. Yes. So I was definitely going to take Michigan next because I thought Michigan had extra value for me mm-hmm. by having Ohio state in the conference. And I did not think you were going to take Michigan there, but again, I have been kneecapped in one of our drafts, which again, seems to be possibly the number one goal for the two of you is to like, make me scream in the middle of the draft. Say, no! it's, it's just worked out it's, that way. If, if we were yeah. playing blackjack uh, at a casino right now, I would have like been throwing Steven a buck for like yeah. taking the hard hit at third base. That's a tough call, but that makes the dealer bust and everybody else at the table wins. Like that was a great pick on Michigan. And I actually love the LSU pick. I would, I like LSU better than Georgia. I feel like Georgia does a really good job setting up base camp, but LSU actually knows how to climb the mountain. Mm-hmm. And now there's other years where it falls to its death in a really spectacular way. <laughs> so you got to put up with both, but uh, you know, LSU gets the job done in a way that Georgia doesn't. I had them one spot ahead of Georgia on my list. I think if you look at my conference, it's a common theme of teams who can be really, really good, who have really high ceilings, but also very low floors for how bad things can get. But just that one is bad decision. Pretty true, actually. So let job. me let me ask this, go. Other than kneecapping me, 
which again is its own reward. Michigan is a top 10 program by our definition mm-hmm. of if you could take any teams in the world and build a conference, we just made Michigan a top 10 program for that. Does that sound right? Does that, does that feel right with what Michigan is, has been, and could be the way we're thinking about it? Michigan is the lowest ranked team on my list that has been taken so far. I did not have them as a top 10 team. I think in this exercise, though, draft strategy, I would have taken them there, too, because I, 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 I really props to Steven for seeing what it would have been to pair Ohio State and Michigan. I was not thinking about that, and I think that was a really smart play. But I, I think that is – I don't know if I would say top 10 in, in, in the way that you're putting it, Doug. Although I have been someone who has kind of defended the Michigan like brand and like tried to explain to people who grew up outside of the Ohio State sphere in the Big Ten what Michigan meant not that long ago. So and, – and, and a program I think should be back there, and I think they think they should be back there. They just don't know how to do it right now. I think – Right now, the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry, from Michigan standpoint, is more of this looming shadow than it is this enjoyable thing that they should be a part of and looking forward to. And obviously, they're trying to change things up right now. Like they've got the what? What did you do to beat Ohio State today? Poster up in the in, up in their practice facility, and apparently, you're not allowed to wear red and all that stuff. But it's that's all playing catch up at this point to what Ohio State's already doing. And so, what if you go away from that for a little bit? If they don't have to worry about at the end of the season having to deal with Ohio State in this thing that seems like more of a chore to them than an actual fun rivalry game at this point. And Clemson is what it is right now. But if you're not dealing with that shadow that is Ohio State, what can you become? Uh, Commissioner Means. Commissioner Means. It's it's Commissioner Le Maurice. Mm-hmm. We need to have a discussion about the non-conference Ohio State-Michigan game remaining a regular every year occurrence. Are you on board with that? Yeah, I, I said all, all of that, but I also I love money. So, <laughs> you know, yes, we can discuss this. I do think that it should be in the same vein as when Ohio State plays these mid-major schools where I get more of the cut because uh, you're paying me for you to beat, beat me to a pulp every year and, you know, put 100 on me. But, yes, I love money and I love Fox Fox, no, I love FS1. So if they want to continue to, you know, be the people who put that game forward every day, every year at noon, the, you know, the, the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we're here for it. We are going to rush through the rest of these picks. And the second half of this podcast will be us negotiating TV contracts yeah. with uh, Fox and ESPN and ABC. And we'll, we'll get in the conference room and have meetings. Okay. Uh, I feel sick to my stomach that I didn't get Michigan. But to compensate, I am going to lean into another rivalry, which is not as good, which is not as good because no rivalry is as good as Ohio State, Michigan, but it's pretty good. And I think I would take this team anyway, but I'm going to take Florida and I'm going to keep the Georgia, Florida rivalry going. So that's my second SEC team. Um, I like pairing Georgia and Florida. I think Florida has a lot to offer. Uh, You know, it's it's it's. I think there's a group of about five teams here. The discussion about was Michigan as top 10? I think Michigan's definitely top 15. And Michigan at 10, there's nobody that I thought absolutely should have had to go ahead of Michigan. I thought there's maybe five teams in that same mix. Well, you could have gone here. You could have gone there. You could have gone there. But I think the idea in general 
in a vacuum, is Michigan a top 10 team? They might be. I think they could be. You know, I, I don't think you can't take Michigan ahead of Texas, right? I mean, like we know that there's a certain tier you just can't, but I think Michigan's logical there. And I think Florida's like on the same tier as Michigan. And it's just about how you want to view some things. Having a program in Florida, right? It's the first school off the board in the state of Florida, which is a talent hotbed, is a good thing. Maybe I'll wind up with some more Florida schools. But I thought, given that Michigan was gone, Florida is a pretty obvious pick for me here. Nathan, anything to add on Florida? Florida was the next team on my list. Uh, I was going to take them if you had not. All right. So who are you taking? Well, I think Florida uh, Florida presence is important. And I think I'm going to – draft strategy is going to play into effect here. Florida State was actually the next team on my list. That was a team that we had said was a, a Tier 2 team back when we did this exercise last year. I think, again, you, we've just seen what Florida State can be at its height. It teeters on being a national brand. I knew guys – growing up in central Illinois, who to this day are huge Florida state fans because of what that program did under Bobby Bowden now 20 plus years ago. And it, it has endured a little bit. And then we saw other heights with it just a couple of years ago under Jameis Winston. So I'm taking Florida state. And then the other team I'm going to take, I feel like I'm going to kind of lock up Florida here a little bit. <sighs> we had a program. This was the program that I maybe deviated the most from our tiers. This was a tier four program when we did it last year, but I'm going to take Miami here Um, in a a metro area like this. um, And again, having seen what Miami can be at its greatest in, and now that that combination, the Florida state Miami rivalry you would have within your conference. And you need to have a strong Florida I would argue you need to have a strong Florida presence for your conference, not just because of what those teams can do within that state, but because of what you want that presence for the other teams in your state to be able to go into Florida and get those guys to come play for you to go against those other Florida teams. I'm so I'm, I'm taking both Florida state and Miami on my wraparound More private schools, Steven in the, in the great Nate which is interesting. You seem upset. I think that's a little high for Miami because I would ask this. Miami is not, Miami does have the metro area. Obviously Miami does have, you know, there's a lot of appeal about Miami. It is not the big like power state school. It is not ingrained as much. I think in the fabric of the community, the way some of the other schools still on the board are. Well, I do think I think there's actually maybe a lot of similarities. Maybe people have written this a million times, like between Miami and USC. Right. I mean, it's like cool city private schools that can be great. Clearly, USC has a longer tradition than Miami does. While I believe that USC will be back, I think it's maybe possible that Miami will never be again what Miami was with the U that that might've been a particular moment in time where a lot of college football was stodgy right at the moment. And it was like, kind of like the Joe Paternos of the world and Miami took advantage and said, we're going to be totally different. And we're going to just like seize on that. And that sort of like, like college football has all evolved to that now. Right. I mean, like, it's like you don't Miami yeah. doesn't need to be the U because like Ohio State in its own way is the U and Texas in its own way is the U and Bama in its own way is the U and USC like 
because they allow their, they make it more fun. They make it cool. They're not worried about, we don't put names on the back of our jerseys kind of stuff, which is what it was back then. It was like, you know, Catholics versus convicts with, with the Notre Dame Miami thing. It was like the, the Penn state Miami uh, Fiesta bowl was that contrast. And, and the game has just evolved. And I think in that evolution, which is good for the game, that's what happens a lot when you're an outlier. If you are a really smart, rare, unique, successful outlier, everybody just copies you. And then you're not an outlier anymore. And it's like, okay, now you're not unique. What are you? It's like, ah, well, I don't, I'm not sure what they are. So I would not have taken Miami this high, but Steven, you were grimacing when Nathan picked this, you were thinking about Miami. I was just because of when I was going to have to draft, I thought I could get great value for him, especially pairing it with Florida State. So you get the rivalry out of it as well, which is the important thing here. You've got to pair it with something. I think Miami at this point is low risk, high reward, depending on what they're in a conference with, where it's, if you look at Nathan, it's, not, it's a lot of quality. And then, like, imagine if the U came back. But it is, you're right, it's a, it's specific. You have to get a specific coach in there who can tap into that and and sell that that, that idea of what the U has been two times before. It was that with you know, with uh, Jimmy Johnson before, and they came back with Bush Davis. But you have to tap into that. But you don't. But you don't necessarily need to rely on it to to carry your conference. But it's such a huge cherry on top if you get it, even if it is for this small window of maybe three or four years where the U comes back and then it goes away again, and then you're going, hey, remember when the U was great? So I I think it's it's a great value pick depending on what the rest of your conference looks like. I did jump down my list a little bit. I would have preferred Florida Florida State as my combo as opposed to Florida State Miami. But and 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 there was also some draft strategy here now because really there's nobody left in Florida for Steven to have for his conference. I like it. Makes Nathan sense. His willingness to mess up everybody else's draft while doing his draft is amazing. He's yeah. gonna find a way. I I did it, but I also had good reasoning. He just finds a re, a way to do it. It's like okay, I can do it in the seventh round. I didn't I jump that far that. down my list. Miami was in okay. this tier of teams I could have okay, drafted. Okay, cool. So, so there are two teams that stand out here to me. I, I think I have a chance to get both. I'm curious to see what Steven does, obviously. There's two teams that stand out, but ho- hold on a second. I got a, I got a phone call. Hold on. Hello, hello, this is Doug. Yeah, oh. hey, Gene. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I didn't get Michigan. Yeah, I, yeah, Steven kneecapped me. Right, for the right, you need a rival or you're going to what? You're going to leave the conference and go independent if I don't. Yeah. I'll, okay. 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 Yes. I'll get them. Yep. Okay. Yep. Say hey to your grandkids. Okay. See you. All right. I'm taking Penn state uh, because Ohio state is uh, angry. Uh, Georgia, Oklahoma, Florida so far, that's a little widespread. They want a Northern rival. It is the last, eh, not the last great. There's some other good Northern schools, but Notre Dame's gone. Michigan's gone. It's Ohio State's second biggest rival right now. It's a coin flip to me between this school and the other school I'm considering. In a vacuum, I would have taken the other school. But I'm going to take Penn State because I have Ohio State and I have to ease the fears of maybe a change in the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. So I'm taking the Nittany Lions. Nathan, you're nodding. Is that the right pick for me? Yeah. uh, If I were in your shoes, that's exactly who I would have taken for the reasons that you are stating. Steven, did you have any interest in Penn State with your picks here, or are you glad to see them go because you weren't going to take them? 
Sorry, I was um, CCing Christina M. Johnson and Gene on an email talking about, hey, I'm tampering, basically trying to get them to leave your conference and come over to mine. You know, so, <laughs> well, don't do it in an email. This. We get yeah. to put in an open records request for the email. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You got to call them on the you're phone. Right, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Um, can we do that as a reporter? You should know that. About. No, you're right. <laughs> but I want to do that now. I want Stephen to actually send them an email and be like, hey, we're doing a fake uh, conference draft. And so that when people do other CCs of requests, they'll be like, what is Cleveland.com doing? They're making fake conferences and emailing the president? <laughs> It'd be a great story. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> call me. Have yeah. important things to discuss. Can't do it over email. So <laughs> so you're are you upset that I took Penn State? Or are you okay with it? No, I'm fine with it. I, I respect it. I think that's where you had to go next. I think I put you in a corner where you had to make sure that the face of your conference had a rival and had you know a reason to look forward to at the end of the year, even though it's only probably going to be in the middle of the season. But yeah, I, I respect it. I think some, you know, it's a little bit of cleanup, but I respect it. Right. It's a good pick, but it's a team that had more value to you than yes. anybody else. Yeah, that's structure. what it is. All right, so now I'm very curious to see if I get my next team or not. Steven, you're up with two picks. I got to think now. I think we're, this is where you got to start thinking a little bit. I need a West Coast school, and it's like between, you know, a team who's at least done it at some point. And then like, do I really just want to go crazy and have a little bit of like, imagine if what they would do if they actually decided to be a football school. And I think it might be a little early for the, for the first one. So I'm just going to take Oregon um, up there in Eugene, you got the Nike campus. You've done it before. We've seen you compete on a national level before. And despite Nathan's hatred for their jerseys, Oh, listen, we're going to get these kids in these jerseys, get them on the field, have them taking pictures and they're going to fall in love and they're going to come to Oregon. I think that's phenomenal value for Oregon there. And and more importantly for the Nike money. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, right. That, that helps Clemson, Texas, LSU and Michigan to have that uh, Nike Oregon connection in the conference is helpful. There's a lot. Oregon's good on the field. Oregon is, I mean, if we were just drafting straight on football programs and we're doing mostly on football programs, if we're just doing straight like football programs now, I think Oregon is like a top 10 program right now and you're getting them at 15 plus Nike. So yes, good value at that spot. (sighs) Now I got to do some more thinking here, but that's not the team that I was thinking about. So I'm still hopeful that I might get the team that I was thinking about. I think I want to create a new rivalry, not traditional, but they're in the same state. And I'm wondering if I can tap into this. So I'm going to take Texas A&M. That's not a new rivalry. That's an old rivalry that was murdered by previous. It was. Realignment. We're, bringing it, we're bringing it back. Yeah. We're going to bring that back because first of all, the Texas A&M just doesn't need to be in the SEC. They need to be in the big NIL. So I can tap into that and Texas and make Texas prove that it's the king of its own state every year. So that was my team. That was the team that in a vacuum I would have taken ahead of Penn state. I think they are a team that when you talk about like getting out of the shadow, I think we are seeing Texas A&M, I think in a lot of ways, it has hurt football in Texas for Texas A&M to be in the SEC. But I do think for Texas A&M, I do think it helped them because they got away from being in the same conference as Texas. I think they've developed their own identity. They just paid Jimbo a boatload of money. And like I think we have not seen the best of what Texas A&M football can be. And I think that is really good value there. I, that is absolutely the team that I was going to take. It's the second best program 
in a gigantic football state and to have to reignite the Texas, Texas A&M rivalry by getting them back in a conference together is like a huge thing. There is almost Nathan, a line in the sand for me here of this top 16. I feel like the team now that I am going to take next, I feel like there's a drop off from Texas A&M to some degree, because I, I, I feel like Texas A&M really has a lot to offer that they're already offering it and they can do more. I think that might be the best round that Stevens had in any draft we've ever done. I've taken Garrett Wilson before, so I'm just not going to agree with that at all. I'm just not going to agree with that. But to the point, I think Texas A&M has put itself in a position where if they are in the same conference as Texas, they can make Texas work, not just on the field, but in recruiting. Because if that's now reigniting that rivalry, whoever is dominating that rivalry is probably dominating the recruiting in the state. Because Texas A&M does a pretty quality job getting just as many top 100 players from that state as Texas does right now. There's a drop-off here. There is a drop-off here. You're sort of getting to some some second-tier, like, traditional powers that aren't as good right now. You have to question, like, where they are. And then you're getting also, like, the teams that even no matter how good they are, they kind of have a ceiling. So are you taking a team that's good right now with a ceiling or a team that's down right now but might be trying to get back to what they once were. I'm going to struggle with this. That was a great round by Steven. I'm conflicted. I, I may regret this pick. I don't, you know, silence is not great on podcasts, so I'm not going to think for two minutes about this. I have a couple, couple contenders. Maybe to just kneecap Nathan, I'm going to take Auburn. Yeah, so, you had to do that. So I think, I think, you know, they are who they are. They're good. I mean, I don't know that they're ever going to, pass Bama again right but like they're good and you know there's like I I already have two big 10 teams I didn't want to go north you know there's a Pac-12 team I thought about um but I thought I think Auburn's the pick and and Nathan you would have taken them if they were there for you 100 percent 100 percent um I was really uh getting excited that they would might be still be lingering out there and being able to pair that with Alabama all right well then good enough I ruined it for Nathan uh no it was a great pick you, the way you picked, it was a great pick, but the way you picked it, you it's like you were an NFL team trying to trade out, out of this pick and nobody would pick up the phone. And now you're on the clock and you're like, fine, we're just going to take this guy. We're going to cut him anyway. No, I know. You're like, I, I like backed into a pick I didn't want and like took the pick that like Nathan had been plotting for the last 10 mm-hmm. minutes. So, um, all right, Nathan, you're up. So I'm going to pick a team that you, uh, we're probably specifically looking at when you said like former powers who, what are they really doing now? Um, but a, a, a historic program. And I think uh, the, it's the consolation prize to not getting to pair Alabama with Auburn. I'm going to pick Tennessee here. You are correct. That is one of the teams yeah. I was thinking about. And uh, I need, I need some, some Texas and I'm going to take Baylor. This is one I'm less excited about. It's probably the pick that I'm the least excited about out of my seven so far. Those first six, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how many of my top like 15 teams I was able to get. But uh, Baylor's a little bit farther down, but I feel like I do need some Texas presence. And if you don't take them, then you're like, are you going back to the West Coast? Are you taking uh, some like second tier things? From, like here's where it just sort of like geographical balance as you're doing this, I think becomes important. And Baylor is pretty solid. Baylor's been like 
um, on the fringe of the playoff conversation a couple years recently. I think they get overlooked nationally a little bit, but they're a solid program. We'll see what they do now that Matt Rule's moved on, but solid program. Okay. Uh, I would not have thought about Baylor at this point, mm-hmm. but it, there are some, we're getting into this range. I don't, there's, I'm going still with a lot of big state schools. So I'm actually going to move away from that on this pick because I'm going to go a little bit hoity, uh, haughty, hoity toity, snobby. I'm going to go a little bit there. Depth of athletic program has been good at football in the somewhat recent past. It's going to help me geographically. I'm going to take Stanford and I, they just, they, they're kind of a unique, right? I mean, like we know there's some of those private schools that whatever Northwestern and Duke and Vanderbilt and Stanford, it's like Stanford's the best of them. And I don't have a California school yet. So uh, I'll go Stanford there. And I'm pretty happy with that. Steven, you're up two picks. I need another ACC school and I want to stay public, but then also add some depth to my conference and some other places and just how, you know, uh, so that because of that, I'm just going to go with North Carolina, a decent football program. Mac, Mac Brown has something, you know, boom in there. But then also, I mean, if they're not great all the time, at least I can depend on basketball to be quick, pretty quality as well, even if Roy Williams is gone. So I think North Carolina, this is a solid spot for them to go. I think I think basketball gives them the little boost. And again, if yeah. Mac Brown hadn't been, they didn't have Mac Brown and Sam Howell. Like I don't know that we'd be taking them there right now, right. but they do have a lot to offer big state school in a big state, right? An important state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they went from Dean Smith to Roy Williams. I mean, I think the Hubert Davis hire is, is interesting, but there's no reason to expect that they won't continue to be good, right? They've, they've shown now, you know, Matt Doherty stunk. So they've shown that just like anybody, they're susceptible to a bad coaching hire. I don't think they made a bad coaching hire. So I think basketball will continue to be very good. Maybe not quite as good, but very good. And maybe quite as good. And football has potential. So I think it's a good pick. What's your next pick? I'm going to go Big Ten. I think this is a strictly a potential thing, but then also that market's pretty solid. Um, I think Mike Loxley can get it going there. Uh, and so Maryland, I think you can top into from a TV rating standpoint. There's some interest there. Fertile recruiting ground. A coach you can believe in. And let's see if we can get things going. So this is one of the reasons we did stuff we did this exercise. It really did sort of start with Maryland and like, are they getting, they were the fourth pick in the big 10. Ohio state was the number two overall pick. Michigan was 10th. Penn state was 14th. And now Maryland at 22 is the fourth team in our draft in the big 10. Maybe Nathan, I think it's a little high. Maybe we disagree, but it's not outrageous. And they are in the same division with the three teams picked ahead of them. This is what we started talking about in a previous podcast of like, man, like I think Maryland. So Maryland is in with Michigan, but they got away from Ohio State and Penn State. So they're happy to be in the big NIL. Nathan, is this a little early to you or is this a signal that Maryland does maybe have great potential, but it is tamped down to some degree by their position in the Big Ten East? I think it's very early for Mich- for Maryland. I mean, one one round after I said it was the best round Stephen had ever had. Here he comes storming back to. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's very early for Maryland just because what's the? Uh, I know that we have aspirations 
of of seeing Maryland like break through with Loxley, but I also think we don't really know what that means. So they break through to like a seven win season, an eight win season. Like what what is the Maryland ceiling? Because well, historically, the Maryland ceiling is still kind of irrelevant. Who's if James Franklin were to leave Penn State after this season, and uh, we who's the, who's Penn State's head coach? Luke Fickle. Probably, yeah. Uh, Penn State's not going anywhere. Uh, Penn State's success is not tied to, tied to James Franklin. You think Penn no, State? I'm not saying it is. I think if Penn State's smart, Luke Fickle's their next head coach. What if Penn State makes a bad coaching hire, and then Mike Lox, Mike Loxie can just sneak, can pull Maryland up to maybe being the third or second best team in the Big Ten because of it? So I, I would not tie. I don't think the Maryland pick here is outrageous. I would not tie it too much to Mike Loxley. I would tie it to like. They made a move to a football conference from a basketball conference, I think, to sort of enhance themselves. They're like, should be the school of the DMV, which is a talent rich area. You know, they have the Baltimore Washington TV market. I think they just have some potential there among other Big Ten schools. They're certainly in more of a metro area than a lot of other Big Ten schools. Uh, so, and the idea of like, all right, well, right now they have to deal with Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. And of course, they're in a good conference here, but would they rather deal with? UNC, Texas A&M, and Oregon, and, and schools like that. I mean, like they're they're getting out of the shadow of Ohio State a little bit now. They're in with Clemson and Texas, but I do, but 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 the point is, I mean, we're going to have to divide our two our our three conferences into divisions, probably right. Yeah. Have two eight team divisions and whatever, and they're going to. I get it, right? I mean, you're going to be with great teams. Your main complaint as a program can't be there are too many good teams in our conference because the whole point is, well, you have to be one of them, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like that's. That's on you. You're not going to say we're not you're not going to pick your conference based on we want to be with all crappy teams. So I know Nathan is like chuckling at the idea of this, but I do think if you like geographically and whatever, it's like they are escaping Penn State shadow. I think there's potential there. Steven, you think there is potential for the Maryland football program and athletic program that is as yet untapped, which is your whether it's tied to Loxley or not. And it's certainly tied some. You think there's untapped potential. There's untapped potential, even if it's early in the process. But then also there's the market and there's interest and there's eyes and there's money to be made. And so you have to when you have those two things that makes for a quality product, even if it's seven or eight wins. I I don't think that's wrong. I I I don't think that's wrong. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think there's also something to be said, I guess, for the state school brand, because when I look, I, I see a team, I see programs like. Syracuse or Duke or Wake Forest or Georgia Tech who have some of those same um, advantages that you might expect to associate with Maryland. The one thing Maryland would have going for them, I suppose, is just that that state school brand. I hope I don't have to draft any of those programs, though, is my overriding point. (laughs) You you really love the private school thing. It's just you need to rename your your conference the big private school. (laughs) Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Nope. Let's move on. Doug, it's your pick. <laughs> <laughs> that could be one of the divisions within the great Nate. You could name the divisions on two body parts. There's the big privates and the big something else that you want to name the other thing where the state schools go. Okay. I'm taking Wisconsin. When you started talking about Big Ten, I thought, oh, you're going to take Wisconsin. Um, they're established. They, they fit sort of my profile. Like, I, I'm thinking about, like, I think it's going to be fun for, like, Georgia-Wisconsin. 
Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Florida, Wisconsin, right? I think it's, they're established. They are the team in their state. Uh, you know, we're at that tier, I feel like, right, Nathan, that we're sort of in this range now. You know, Maryland was the 22nd pick. I'm taking Wisconsin 23rd. You know, we know what Wisconsin is. I think that, I think just we're at this stage where this is the kind of team that gets picked. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin is, again, to, to, to some degree held back, obviously, by being in the same conference as Ohio State, in, you could argue, but in a different way than Maryland is. But we've seen Wisconsin on the cusp of national relevance. I know they haven't made a playoff, but I feel like they're in that top 10, top 12 program conversation. And Maryland is barely in the top 10, 12, 12 conversation in the Big Ten. All right, we're going to start moving faster. Nathan, your two picks. Uh, um, um, I'm going to take Washington. A little bit underrated, I think, in terms of what they have been able to accomplish in, on the national stage and uh, gives me a um, accountability buddy or whatever on the West Coast for USC. And then I'm going to. Washington is the Wisconsin of the West Coast. I mean, like that they went back to back. It's like they're so similar. And then I'm also going to stay in the Big Ten and uh, keep filling up the big privates. And I'm going to take Northwestern here and I'm going to lock down Chicago for my conference. It's only right that you take the only private school in the conference. I but mean, this- a really strong football program. I mean, pretty yeah. strong. No, and again, another underrated on the national level um, football program. And again, just that Chicago market. But again, the idea that that Northwestern is the sixth Big Ten athletic department football team institution off the board in this draft at almost any other time in the history of the Big Ten, the idea that Northwestern would be the sixth program picked Mm -hmm. would be insane. Right. Mm -hmm. It would be ludicrous. I mean, there are, you know, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Illinois, Michigan State, like there are just traditional big state school teams that have had success at certain times in their history that are still out there. And Northwestern just went, I'm not disagreeing with it. It is a bet on the idea of what is happening now will continue. And like, just, you think that's very possible, Nathan, that you're betting on Northwestern continuing this rather than maybe, you know, Minnesota getting it going or Nebraska getting it back or Michigan state getting it back. You're betting on Northwestern being very established with some new facilities with a great coach. Who's not going anywhere. It seems, but then also trending upward. Do you think this is where Illinois should get taken as someone who grew up in central Illinois? Maybe I also have some like um, additional venom um, in, in the back of my head about the, the fact that Illinois has so so aggressively vacated where it could be on the college football landscape. But until it gets things right and, and Northwestern owns that state from a college football standpoint, I think that there's great value in, in getting kind of that, that Chicago market combined with what they're doing in football right now. You are getting some major cities. You have LA, you have Miami, you have Seattle, you have Chicago, and it will be interesting. I will be curious if you wind up with eight private schools and eight public schools. I know the discussion with Notre Dame and the ACC, I remember reading about it, is that you know the Big Ten is a big public school conference. And though Notre Dame fits geographically with the Big Ten, as a private school, they fit more with the ACC because there's more private schools in the ACC. And that is something here that you are, well, to Stephen's point, you picked the one private school in the Big Ten, Northwestern 
will find some things in common with Mm -hmm. some of the private schools in this conference. And again, as we are building it, we're not building it in a vacuum. We're trying to, while not relying on things geographically, kind of piece together that a conference other than geographically maybe makes sense, right? And there are some things that we're fitting pieces of a new puzzle together, but we're still trying to fit them together. And I, so I think Northwestern probably makes more sense in your conference than it does in our conferences, right? That Stephen and I have done for that reason. All right, I'm going to get the team that I sort of have had my eye on for a while now. This is again, upside, demographic upside, have never reached their full football potential. They're kind of juiced up over their current coach. I don't, I'm not saying I'm picking it because of him, but we have not seen it yet. So I'll take Arizona. I think the idea of Southwest, who knows? Everybody's loving Jed Fish right now, man. It's just, it's funny to me. Again, Jed Fish is the receivers coach that like back in the day, Zach Smith was having the fight with and they were having a little graphic fight on Twitter. And now Zach Smith is where he is and Jed Fish is where he is. I, I'm surprised maybe that Jed Fish got to this point this quickly, but there is enthusiasm around that program. And again, sleeping giant. Everybody talks about Arizona as a sleeping giant. I think this is pretty good value based on upside at this point for me. Steven, you're up with two picks. I like the Arizona pick, by the way. That was going to be my pick. Um, I'm going to, I need to take a final West. No, not really. I don't need to take a final West Coast team, but I'm going to go back to the SEC for right now and uh, get my best program. It's, it's rival. And uh, that's South Carolina. That's real. That's real. Yeah. I will admit when I was like, I don't know if you guys did this. I made my list of all the 65 teams. And I was putting them in their conferences and I was trying to do it just by memory without looking mm-hmm. it up. And I only got to like 62 and I had to double check a couple of teams and South Carolina is the team in the sec that I forgot. So like that was a little bit of a thing to me of like, if I forget you exist, <laughs> I, I'm maybe not going to pick you, but that's more my bad. It's not like people don't know that South Carolina exists, but they have not been very good lately. Oh. And but they're a big state school in the South, and I think there's potential there. And again, they have more value for you paired with the clubs than they do for anybody else. So I think that makes sense. This is getting rough. I mean, we're like in the third tier now, right? I mean, yeah. we're just that the, the the upside of what you're looking for here. I don't even know if you're looking for upside anymore. You're just looking for the fact that like you don't want the basement to be too low. Yeah. Like this is the bottom of your conference, right? I mean, this is the 10th round we're starting now. This is the bottom half of your conference. You just want some solid teams that aren't embarrassments, right? So there's some teams out there still like that. Yeah. There's not a lot of great teams, though. To that point, um, I mean, they've been quality since he showed up there a decade and a half ago. Um, they'll continue, they'll, just, they'll win football games, and that's Utah with Kyle Whittingham. Obviously, they went 11 and 3 in 2019. And then last year, the Pac 12 only played five games, so 3 and 2 last year. But he's been quality his entire time there. They'll win some football games. I'm not worried about him winning two or three football games. And it's also Salt Lake City gets that market. I get it. Uh, we'll take a, a quick break. Salt Lake City. Market. I love it. Listen, man, the Jazz are listen. They're, the they're, coming, out way, they're coming out with in ways for the Jazz right now. They can do the same thing for the Utes. <laughs> Don't forget about Provo. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to take Utah because of uh, Donovan Mitchell. Yep. And yeah, <laughs> he could, no, we're going to have a college game day once a year and he's going to be the picker. Yeah. I like it. Rudy Gobert 
coming in to hang out with the NAL conference commissioner, Stephen Means. Yep. All right, we'll take a quick break and then we'll wrap up rapid fire the final picks here in our conference draft on Buckeye Talk. All right, Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. That was pick 28 to Utah. First pick in the 10th round. We're going to go quickly here. My pick in the 10th round. Again, I'm torn a little bit here, um, but I'm going to take a team that I think is in a bad conference right now. And so I think we'll be helped by changing to any conference. And I think there's some upside. They're going to pair with Penn State and Ohio State a little bit. So I'll take West Virginia. You know, I think there was, a, you know, certainly there was some, I think they are not in like the AAU academic thing. I think that like the Big Ten pretends matters to them. So I think like, but there was a time when you talked about Big Ten expansion. It was like, oh, West Virginia. I mean, that geographically, it makes sense. And so they'll tie in with Ohio State and Penn State. But I think they do stand on their own. And I think right now they're kind of at a low ebb because they have no rivals. I mean, they're playing freaking TCU and Iowa State. It doesn't make any sense for them. So I think coming to any new conference will be good. I'll take the Mountaineers. Nathan, you're up. I am going to take uh, Virginia Tech for some DMV the flavor and i'm going to take ucla to pair with usc i thought about ucla i think ucla is a good pick again like a sleeping giant i mean like sleeping giant just like you used to be good and now you're not good but they have been like not that good for like i'm I'm surprised that chip kelly hasn't gotten that a little bit more like they just might be dead because like usc like there's an opening for UCLA with USC not being awesome. And like, they haven't really gone through that yet. So I wonder, but again, you're getting LA, you're getting some tradition. They have cool uniforms and to pair them with USC um, is, is an excellent, an, an excellent pairing for you, Nathan Baird. I feel like you should be able to make an argument that UCLA should be traditionally better than USC because one, it's just in a better part of LA than where U- USC is. And it's, I mean, it's in the same market as what USC is. They have the same recruiting ground and it's just in a better environment. So how are you, but I mean, they've clearly put their focus on the basketball more than football. And so when basketball is clicking, I mean, they're winning 10, 12 championships in a row, but they haven't been that good either since Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love left. So that's kind of the same idea there. Yeah. They're in a little bit of a weird spot. They're, they're at a low ebb and they might, they don't have upside. That might be a good upside pick in the 11th round. Again, we're so, we're sort of looking for upside for like, you know, who's maybe could do something they haven't done before. I'm torn. You know, we're not going to make great picks here. I'll take Missouri. I'm not sure Missouri in the SEC makes a ton of sense, but they're a big state school, right? You can get St. Louis kids to go there. Like, I think I think they have some potential. I don't know that they have great potential, but I think they can be solid. And so, in the eleventh round. I'll take them over. I took them over some similar state schools in the Big Ten because it's a little more Southern. There is a major city in the state that they can draw talent from. And I would be curious. They're just caught in between a little bit. I'm not sure they're a great fit in the SEC. I'm not sure they would be a great fit if they'd stayed in the Big 12. I think if they come to the Big Ten, they might sort of be like in the same position Nebraska's in. I'm not sure exactly where they fit, but you know where they fit. They fit in the Big Doug, Steven, you're up two picks. 
I don't have a California team and I just feel left out of that market. So, but that's not, I'm going to take them with the second of these two picks. I'm taking Minnesota with the first one, uh, Minneapolis, that market. And that's a market to tap into. Well, also they're going to win a little bit of games. They're not going to just fall off a cliff. And it's not only about the, you know, the market that Minneapolis is, I can fake it to make it seem like they're going to win five, six games a year. And then also I just need to tap into the California market. So I'm taking Cal. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. You got it. That's like the last California team. So that makes sense for you to uh, for you to jump in there again. We are just at this stage. I'm torn a little. I'm, we're, I, there's no point in me saying I'm torn. We're obviously torn. I'll take Oklahoma State to pair him with Oklahoma. I'll lean a little bit towards a rivalry there. Not really sure I want Mike Gundy in my conference. But again, as commissioner, the way that Stephen Means fired Jim Harbaugh, maybe I'll fire Mike Gundy. And again, I'll be curious, these Minnesota off the board there for Steven, I'll be curious where some of these other Big Ten teams, teams start to fall. Like for me to take Missouri and Oklahoma State, that might be a mistake, but it's sort of a little bit of a shot at like the middle of the Big Ten because I'm taken from the middle of other conferences first. Maybe a little bit just based on location and geography and demographics and population shift. Maybe that's wrong, but I'll take Oklahoma State. Nathan, two picks for you. I need to fill in the middle of the country a little bit with mine. And I want to, as you said, my trend has been kind of bigger cities. Uh, So I'm going to take Louisville and I'm going to take Michigan state. Yeah. Michigan state, I think it's potentially good value there. If we were doing this four years ago, Michigan state would have gone in the twenties. Oh yeah. Yeah. Rather than 37. So, uh, and I also did think about Louisville. I think that might, might, might be a mistake by me taking Oklahoma State, Missouri ahead of Michigan State. We'll have to see uh, if that turns out to be an error. I will take, I mean, it's like in, when in doubt, I think you go south or you go Texas or you go California, right? The Florida schools are gone. I'll take one of the last Texas schools that has been good at times. I'll take TCU. I considered him. I don't know what their upside is now. I mean, I think they have a great coach and they've fallen off slightly from where they were, which was a, almost a playoff team in the first year of the playoff. But metro area in Fort Worth, uh, I feel decent about taking TCU there. Steven, you're up with two. Okay. Am I allowed to just take Rutgers and say it's only because I want New York market? Of course. Yes, Jim Delaney Jr., you are allowed to do that. Okay, cool. I'm going to take Rutgers. Somebody's got to get beat up on in a conference. Everybody can't win football games, so Rutgers can just get beat up on with the idea that I only want you here because I want New York viewership. So so let me pause this here. Again, this is a podcast that has ripped the addition of Rutgers to the Big Ten at times. Rutgers just went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth out of the Big Ten schools. There are traditional schools much better at football than Rutgers that are not getting picked. So, like, are we having to apologize for all this stuff? Because, you know, you didn't take Iowa, Stephen. You took Rutgers. Yeah, no. Part of it is just, like, building a conference. You just, I think, yes, there are better football programs. But from uh, when you're thinking of it from a commissioner standpoint, you just can't think, oh, who's going to win football games? You have to bring all these other elements into it a little bit, even if it's a small amount because it's fake. So, if at the, the reason I literally picked them is somebody's got to lose games in your conference. Everybody's not going to go undefeated. Everybody's not going to win seven games. So in that idea, 
you got to find people who can bring other value to the table that isn't winning on the field. And Rutgers can provide that value from a money standpoint. And I do think there is a difference between picking Rutgers for a fake conference with no geographical borders and adding Rutgers to the Big Ten, which traditionally had been a Midwest conference. And now it's like, what? They want New York? Nathan, you're nodding for that. There is a difference of who you're picking Rutgers for. Yeah, starting from scratch is different than than tacking them on to an already existing map. Uh, I still wouldn't have taken them, but that that's a more defensible reason for doing it. Yeah, right. And it's, also, it's also why I'm taking Vanderbilt. Those are my two sucky teams in my conference who give me two ba- major cities because Vanderbilt's in Nashville. That's high. Vanderbilt really blows. They almost like see, they almost like blew up their athletic department. I'm not sure Vanderbilt actually wants to have sports. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually would argue that when I took Tennessee, even though they're in Knoxville, they actually have a bigger share of the Nashville market than Vanderbilt does. Yeah, I think you could argue that. All right, there's some big state schools still left. I'm going to take one of them. Which one am I going to take? I think I have to take Iowa based on who they are now. I don't know if they're going to continue to be that with Kirk Ferentz. They're a big state school that a lot of people care about. I was maybe going to take Illinois, but they're just so down right now. But again, like in two years, are we sure? It's like, all right, well, Brett Bielema's on the rise and Kirk Ferentz just retired. You definitely maybe would take Illinois then. I'm, I, I may regret this for my fake conference that we're going to forget who we took as soon as the podcast ends. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's, I still like, I do feel like there is still some value for these big state schools that have solid programs, right, Nathan? That they, I mean, Iowa, yep. Iowa matters. Iowa's not irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have taken Iowa uh, ahead of um, some of these other Big Ten programs that have been taken. All right, so you're up two picks. We'll see if you take a Big Ten program. This is the end of round 14 and start of round 15. Well, no, I mean, like the, the Big Ten teams that I've wanted to, to take have now mostly been taken. Um, I don't really have a Northeast presence, and you could argue that that doesn't really matter in college football because – the Northeast doesn't really care about college football, but I think this is actually a pretty solid program year in and year out. And I'll take Boston college. Get the Jeff Halfley juice. And then this next one is I, I, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to take this because I already took a team in this state. I guess you can say that this rivalry will be there, but this is another one of these programs that, as we've talked about on the pod before, I don't know that I really understand why they're not better. I feel like they have a lot of advantages. They're a state, um, brand school. They have always been in a major conference there. They would think you would, you'd get some of that DMV juice and they've just never really done anything with it in football. Obviously a great basketball program. I'm going to take Virginia. Okay. This, I think probably this exercise may validate one of the heated discussions that we had on Buckeye talk. There've been so many, isn't it great? Can you imagine being a podcast where nobody ever, Argues with each other? What's the point? Not fake arguments, real from your soul kind of arguments. Nobody has picked Nebraska yet. And like when Nathan, you were like, Nebraska is in tier 11. And I was like, but Tom Osborne's famous. I mean, like, no. We haven't even what said. What do they give you right now? We even yeah. said the word Nebraska. So I'm going to take Nebraska because I'm not sure. Just by, I don't know this for a fact, I'm not sure there are any teams left that have won national championships in college football. So like in round 15, right? I mean, it's like, well, I guess I could take North Carolina State, but it's like, well, I don't know. Like 
But like, are they ever going to be that again? I don't know. They're the school in the state. They have a lot of similarities to Ohio State. They don't have to win national championships to be relevant, right? So they'll, I'll pair them with Iowa, get a little rivalry there, get the Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry going again. I know they're playing this year, right? So they fit me a little bit. But the idea, Nathan, that like we have not even thought about Nebraska, and I just took them with the uh, 44th pick in this draft, means they have fallen off a cliff. Yeah, I, I would have taken Maryland or I've taken Nebraska ahead of Maryland or Rutgers, but I again one of those programs that I was hoping to get to the end of this and not having had to pick them. I just so don't you, feel like they give you a lot. Like, what do they give to a conference? Like, you know, there's there's like not the, a it's not a market, and they're not winning. They're like the Knicks. They won that one time, and now like they won't shut up about it. They Except the Knicks at least it. have the market. Yeah, right. At least the Knicks are in New York, while Nebraska's in. I've been the better example is like the, the trailblazers were good once, but now yeah. they're nothing and they don't give you a market really. They own their state where well, there are a lot of schools left that are splitting their state. Right. I mean, I like, mm-hmm. but I mean, you're owning Nebraska. So there's, they own, they own a state populated by cattle. Like they don't own a state that That's gives fair. you TV viewers. That's fair. That's like living by yourself and saying you're the tallest person in the house. By the way, I actually really have enjoyed visiting Lincoln. I think Lincoln's a great town, but their football team's not doing it right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to Lincoln too, but you know, the way I got there was the journey, so I have no idea what Lincoln is like. Somebody's definitely going to spit in my runza now when we go out there in November. <laughs> oh yeah, I get runzas. I just drafted runzas. Can I just? You did just draft runzas. Actually, they <laughs> yeah. just they just vaulted up my list. I'm crossing out Nebraska, just writing runza on my list. All right, Stephen, your last two picks. Um, first and foremost, before I say my last pick, uh, speaking of state schools, um, I'm making another commissioner decree. Um, Rutgers has to change its name to New Jersey State. It's not allowed to keep that Rutgers name because we're just not going to have that here in the big NIL. Um, I'm going to take North Carolina State, give North Carolina somebody to you know to play at the end of the season. Rally's a pretty quality market right there. Uh, okay, from a football perspective, just okay at best. But, you know, gives North Carolina a rival, so – I'll go there first, and then there's some really bad teams at the bottom of these conferences. But Indiana might be on to something, and I think given what you know, Tom Allen might be building there, even if it's, Bloomington's not the biggest city in the world, if he can spark something out there, I think you get crazy good value for them at this point in the point of draft. Yeah, I was curious. I, I, I this feels late for Indiana to me. As a team that is had a good football season, has a traditionally good basketball program, yeah. you know, is sort of near a big city in Indianapolis. Bloomington's a good college town. Nathan, you're wrinkling your nose though. Like you, you would you have been totally fine with like Indiana not getting drafted and being in sort of the reject conference? Yeah, definitely. I would take Illinois over Indiana. Indiana fans are gonna hate Nathan sometime in the next year. Well, I mean, argue against me with they can bring the facts when they want to, but Illinois is um, right now. I mean, basketball wise, you're getting as much from Illinois or more than you are from Indiana. I know mm. they don't have the blue bread prestige, but in terms of what's actually happening on the court, it, it's higher for Illinois. Very. That's only this past year. Illinois obviously had been in the basement, so I'm not I'm not ignoring that. But then what is possible for the football program at Illinois is much higher than Indiana. Much higher. It's and it's it's interesting. Again, this is mostly a football thing, right? We said 75, 80% football. There are some Kansas has not been picked yet. Kentucky has not been picked yet. 
Indiana just went sort of like these blue blood basketball programs. Duke has not been picked yet. Right. That again, it is a football thing because football is the driver. That is the reality of, of conference realignment. Football and money are the two drivers. So we're not basketball does not matter as much. Syracuse has not been picked yet. Like there's some really good basketball programs that are getting ignored. That's the problem because football doesn't stack up when the geography and the demographics don't stack up. It's it's not so much. Yeah. It doesn't stack up and whatnot, but it's just, you know, the, the 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 football programs who have like blue blood basketball programs who have been put picked, there's at least a pulse to their football program. You know, the Kentuckys, the Dukes. I mean, um, you know, the, the, these programs are just they're not relevant in any shape or way. I don't even know if the fans go to the games. Those are schools where the basketball program is actually a bigger selling point than the football program. And I don't it has to at least be in the same stratosphere to get picked in something like this. So I'm going to decide between Pitt, which would fit me because uh, I have West Virginia and Penn State, and that'd be a nice rivalry. It's a city school. I'm thinking hard about Pitt, but I am thinking about Kentucky because they are a they've been down in basketball the last year or two, but they are a basketball superpower and their football program has some life. And I wonder, I think they're committed to athletics, right? It's a it's a state school. Right. We could get a little Ohio State, Kentucky rivalry going. And I've just leaned state schools, I think, in general. So I am going to take Kentucky. I think there is the football. The basketball program is absolutely established. And I still think I, I think there might be upside to football. I don't know if like football. I mean, football, I think, does have a ceiling there because it's always going to be a basketball school. But I wonder sometimes these these schools that are on the edge of geographic areas, I understand why Kentucky's in the SEC. I'm not sure Kentucky wouldn't be better off like in the Big Ten, right? That if they were playing like Indiana and Purdue and Ohio State in their sports instead of playing Tennessee and Alabama and Ole Miss and LSU, right? they're like like right on the edge. So I've got some Midwestern stuff going. So I'm going to pull Kentucky north. And I'm going to lure Kentucky and talk to them about playing Ohio State and Penn State and West Virginia and Missouri and Wisconsin and some schools like that and see what happens. So I'll take Kentucky there. Your basketball brand is nice there, too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a factor. It's certainly a factor when they're that good, right? I mean, when they're that established and I'll, I'll lean there. Uh, all right, Nathan, you are wrapping this thing up for us. Yeah, man, the very last pick, like, which way do you go there? And I feel like just geographically, the, hmm, like Baylor kind of sits there as like this albatross a little bit, not albatross, but it's like, I've got all these like major cities and then I've got Waco, Texas. And it's my only real presence from the Southwest until you get to California. So I am going to take Arizona State. There was a Texas school on the board for you there. If you wanted to go Texas, yeah, go Texas I thought Tech. About it, but Lubbock not huge. I thought about it, but I, I it kind of was like, would it? Would my conference have some value if Baylor got to say they were the only Texas program in this uh, conference with all of these other major national powers? We'll see. Well, we won't. It's not real, but but we won't. It's not. Yeah. I mean, talk, Texas, but we yeah. won't. It's not real. Buckeye talk. Texas A&M used to say that in real life, and it's like it's really just messing up everybody else. 
So let's run through who got picked and who is left over. We'll run through our conferences. Steven, why don't you start off with who your 16-team big NIL conference is? Big NIL is Clemson, Texas, LSU, Michigan, Oregon, Texas A&M, North Carolina, Maryland, South Carolina, Utah, Minnesota, California, the Losers, Rutgers, and Vanderbilt, North Carolina State, and Indiana. I thought it was very thoughtful of you to pick the teams to lose all the games. Like you, yeah. You're a very nice commissioner that way. All right, Nathan, what's your conference? My conference in order that they were selected, Alabama, USC, Notre Dame, Florida State, Miami, Tennessee. This would have been a great conference in like 1986. Tennessee, Baylor, Washington, Northwestern, Virginia Tech, UCLA, Louisville, Michigan State, Boston College, Virginia, Arizona State. And my conference is Ohio State, Georgia, Oklahoma, Florida, Penn State, Auburn, Stanford, Wisconsin, Arizona, West Virginia, Missouri, Oklahoma State, TCU, Iowa, Nebraska, and Kentucky, which means these are the 17 teams that did not get picked. And we'll, we'll talk about quickly who is the most egregious oversight here. Duke, Wake Forest, Syracuse, Georgia Tech, and Pitt. There's a couple teams there that would have fit. I think Georgia Tech would have fit your conference, Nathan, as a private school in a big city. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I thought maybe you were going to wrap up with them, but you wanted to go Southwest. So that made sense. Five of the 14 ACC schools did not get picked. Duke, Wake, Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Pitt. Only two of the 14 Big Ten schools did not get picked, Purdue and Illinois. I assume there's a little bit of Big Ten bias there. It's just who we're familiar with, but I also think it's defensible. Four of the 10 Big 12 teams did not get picked. Kansas, they're just so bad at football. It just drags everything down. But like in every other way, they're, I think, a pretty attractive school. They're just awful at football. Kansas State, it's pretty good at football. Iowa State, which is going to start the season in the top 10 in football. But I think we think that is like almost like 98% tied to one coach who is not going to stay. And I just don't, I can't, I have a hard time imagining a world where like when Matt Campbell leaves in a year or two, that they're not going to go back to being like the worst or second worst team in the big 12. I just, I think that's tough. Ames is tough. No offense to Ames and Texas tech. So Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Texas Tech, four of the 10 in the Big 12 not picked. Three of the 12 in the Pac-12 not picked. Oregon State, Washington State, they're the second program in their own states. I think it was obvious. I think this might be the biggest miss by us. Colorado not picked. Yeah. Big state school, potential there. I think, again, upside, I think if they get the right, you know, I'm not sure they're a great fit in the Pac-12. I understand while they left the big 12, but I think if you get them in this, a theoretical different conference, I think there's potential there. That to me is the biggest outlier. Three of the 14 sec schools, not picked Ole Miss and Mississippi state. Like if you don't live in Mississippi, I just don't know who cares about them. I, I just, that, and just like, if you don't live in Indiana, I'm not sure who cares about Purdue and Indiana. So it's very similar. I think if we were in the sec, Maybe we would have picked Old Miss and both Indiana and Purdue would be out there, right? I think there's probably a lot of similarities there, Nathan, that it's sort of a split state, you know, a, not a huge state, 
not a tiny state, whatever. We didn't take them. And then Arkansas. That's a reflection of how bad Arkansas football has been lately. I think there are a lot of other times in college football history where Arkansas would absolutely be in the top 48 of something like that. To me, Arkansas and Colorado as big state schools with some potential are the two that stood out. But in general, Nathan, I think we did a decent job. Yeah, Pitt was the one that I actually picked some teams that I had on my list below Pitt because I thought they fit in with what I was doing better. But uh, I really considered them uh, just because of uh, the, the market they're in. If you don't get Penn State, I mean, Pennsylvania is just a, a good football state too. Just the, just the tradition you get to have there. I thought that was a, a one that I regretted leaving on the board. Steven, yeah, any big regrets there? Go ahead. Yeah. I, Thinking back on it, I probably should have picked Pitt over Indiana just because of those reasons. One, I don't have a Pennsylvania school, but then also Pitt, Pittsburgh is a is a bigger city than what Bloomington is. Um, that's probably, but that's in hindsight. So that was interesting. I thought it was, I thought it, listen, we don't just do stuff for no reason. We want to be interesting and informative. And I think, honestly, I mean, I, I listen, we're, it's not, it's not the New York times, man. It's a podcast about Ohio state football. So like interesting matters more. I thought that was interesting, but I think it informed our view of some things. And I do think that, you know, we can debate about Maryland and Rutgers, but I don't know if people listening to this will walk away saying like, you know what, I guess maybe I kind of get it, you know, like, and I think Northwestern going as high as they did was interesting as the only private school in the big 10. I think that top group, right. Right. Where did Michigan as a top 10 school, Penn State is a top 15 school. You know, we've said before, I think we solidly put Penn State in that second tier of football programs, but they're in state college. No, they're not in Atlanta. They're not in Austin, right? There's, there's a, I know Georgia's not in Atlanta either, but it's 70 miles from Atlanta. It's just a different situation. I think raw football program with no other considerations, I think Penn State might go a little higher than 14th, mm-hmm. but just sort of the other things around them, That's where they settled. So that's our draft. We will on cleveland.com. I mean, if you really like, oh man, I didn't, when Nathan read his, his conference, I missed a team. I mean, if you really, that'd be great. If anybody out there, other than people we are related to care that much about who we drafted in our fake conference, we will put the full conference fake listings in the post at cleveland.com, which will be up on Wednesday morning with this podcast. So if you want to double check stuff, you can go read it there. Come back on Thursday for Buckeye Football Futures. And the plan again is we think it'll be over Talkables again on Friday. So thanks to everybody for being part of this. Again, if you haven't done it, the Buckeye Buckeye Talk survey is very helpful. Cleveland.com slash Buckeye Talk survey. We need your help with that. It helps us make this podcast better if we just get a little tiny bit of information from you guys. So Cleveland.com slash Buckeye Talk survey. And of course, you can always try out the text, become a subscriber there. You send a text to 614-350-3315. Sign up for a 14-day free trial for Stephen Means and Nathan Baird. I'm Doug Maurice. And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>